This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. And welcome everyone back to another episode of Holocron Histories. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and this week Austin is out for work purposes with his day job. So I have a guest host here, Psych from the MCU Lorecast. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. That's great. And just like we have been doing, uh, we are continuing the uh starfighter theme that we've been doing there's so many starfighters i'm still like trying to think of something else we can do that's not starfighters because it is getting very uh congested (laughs) of our episodes as starfighters so Mm. probably here in the next like month or so like give it a couple more episodes i'm we might dive into something different See how it goes. Yeah, races. True, we could do pod racing. That would be cool. No, sorry, I meant like alien races. Oh, just alien races. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could go into alien races. Um, I mean, they're all in canon and legends. Some are just legends, aka the Sith Sith purebloods. If anybody plays uh, Star Wars Old Republic. Keep meaning to get into that. I mean, I so much fun. The character so much fun. The story is great, um, depending on what class you have, because each class has its own story. Mm-hmm. Um, Kotor, or um, sorry, the Jedi Knight storyline in Kotor or in uh, Old Republic is basically Kotor three. That's mm-hmm. uh, Bioware has stated that the Jedi Knight storyline was like scrapped ideas of what Kotor three would have been. Oh, so, okay, little nifty stuff. But uh, this week we have another Starfighter. We are going to go over the N1 Starfighter, or if you don't know the name, it's the Naboo Starfighter that we see in Episode 1. And it returns in Mandalorian. Better and shinier. A lot shinier. (laughs) And fast. (laughs) And faster. So (laughs) fast. Oh my god, I, I loved that scene. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, it wasn't Mandalorian. It was Book of Boba. Well, it was, it's it. still <laughs> it's still Mandalorian. Let's be honest. Yeah. He came in halfway through the season and just took over the entire show. Yeah. But yeah, let's get right into it. So as always, we start with Legends first. Uh, the Nubu Royal N1 Starfighter, sometimes known simply as the Nubu Starfighter, was a starfighter used by the government of Nubu during the late years of the Galactic Republic and the early days of the Galactic Empire for defense, patrol, and escort duties. The sleek vessel was manufactured by Theed Palace Space Vessel Engineering Corps and the group responsible for manufacturing Nubu Royal Starships. So, compared to any other starships we've gone over before, this one is specifically made out of Naboo for Naboo and no one else. Yep. Because yeah, Naboo I... is very fancy. <laughs> you would think the Trade Federation would have thought twice about attacking a, a group that has literally their own very, very good starfighter set. Right. But... 
whatever. And so we get into the history of the N1. So the N1 entered Naboo service in 33 BBY, replacing its uh, predecessor, the N1L, the Light Starfighter, during the during King R's Renuna's reign. As the Monarch's pet project, the N1 quickly became the standard starfighter among the Naboo pilots. And then in 36 BBY, an N1 was used to sail off a storage area revealed by a breached Sondo Aqua Monster. <laughs> and then hmm. Agamar attempted to acquire N1 starfighters when Naboo refused to sell them. Bravo 8 Dren Malin made a deal with the Armamarians so they could capture one. Two carriers ambushed Echo Flight, but Estrotil and the other pilots drove off the attackers, and Malin was killed. So a lot of the info from Legends is more likely going to come from a lot of the older books from Star Wars yeah, Legends. Was... There was a lot of books for the Clone Wars. Like, a lot. Yeah, and I was wondering where these stories were situated a lot of them were books um when we get to like the canon portion a lot of it's from comics because they okay they change mediums from books to comics because it's a lot easier to tell a story in a comic because of yes. visual representation <laughs> compared to book reading which you do get a lot of good storytelling and book reading but that's not what disney did when they took oh, yeah. over so, two Naboo fighters, piloted by Till and rookie Rise Rallos, were escorting the Queen's cruiser near an asteroid field in primarily discussions with the Trade Federation when they were ambushed by mercenaries and various starfighters, including Morningstars, Di Dianogas, and Daggers. The two pilots fended off the Marauders and their N1s while the Queen returned to Naboo. And then, go on. Was this before, right, right before episode one? Yes, this is before oh. episode one. Okay, gotcha. And then later, N1s would be used to resist the Trade Federation invasion of Naboo, but they were no match for the might of the droid, M uh, droid army. However, a squadron of these fighters, Bravo Flight, scrambled to attack the droid control ship, Wooten Paula, over the Naboo over Naboo, and shut down the droid army, fighting the Gungan Grand Army. So that is obviously in yeah. Phantom Menace, Episode 1, and it was a lone starfighter that destroyed, <laughs> mind you, it was a lone N1 starfighter that destroyed the entire control ship. Piloted by a child. Piloted by a child with a droid. <laughs> it was literally R2 and, and Anakin's whole thing yep uh, doing like most of the driving on that to be honest i would imagine r2 <laughs> um and then they were able to penetrate the swarms of droid starfighters and attack the vessel but even their proton torpedoes could not penetrate the heavy shields thanks to anakin skywalker's accidental destruction of some of the ship's reactors from inside the vessel they were successful like just everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to accidentally board this like I mean, didn't I if I'm not mistaken, Qui-Gon put him in a new boo starfighter. It's like stay yeah. here. Be safe. Yeah. 
And then, you know, Anakin being Anakin, oh, let's fire this thing up and see what we can do. And with, of course, R2 being in the freaking co-pilot seat of the Starfighter, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, all chaos is going to break loose. (laughs) Because it's Anakin and it's Anakin and R2. Yeah. What else are you going to get from those two together? Pure chaos. Yep. As if you watch Clone Wars, it's pure chaos with those two. Even just R2 by himself. R2 by himself would literally is just pure chaos. Yeah, he's Chopper just kind of a, <laughs> He's a magnet for, like, can it go wrong? Can we live through it? Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Plot armor. Yes, there's also plot <laughs> armor. So, now we get to the later history... The success of the N1 led to the reputation of the Starfighters as battleship killers. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Let's explode all these uh, tra- uh, Trade Confederation's control ships. In 21 BBY, 30 of these Starfighters, along with the corporate fleet loyal to the Galactic Republic, were sent to rescue Jedi trapped on Lanteb. Which... And Lab Teb was a neutral planet. Um, but it's between Red Attack and Bespin. Mm. If you're looking at the galaxy map. Okay. And then at some point, a quadrant of four aged N1 fighters saw service. With the Black Hammer Pirates, a pirate group that operated from the planet Galgantos in the Deep Core. Really? In the Deep Core there's pirates? That's surprising because be... that's the Deep Core is like Coruscant and all that. That's like the Deep Core. It's like the innermost of the galaxy. Right. Which, speaking from a, you know... Um how how galaxies actually work the last place you want to be is in the core yes exactly <laughs> yeah that's the last place you want to be because uh, <clears throat> you'll burn up um yeah it always amused me that for star wars the center of the galaxy was literally where you wanted to be and it's like no everything's like exploding stars and black holes bro like you don't want to be there Mm -hmm. you do not want to be in the middle of the galaxy that's a big no-no but um although their technology was outdated at the time of the post clone wars era n1s remained the used for many years even as late as between 2 bby and 0 bby where several n1s owned by a rebel alliance cell on naboo were used against the Luca Hulk class battleship and vulture droid fighters sent to Naboo by an unknown party. So even if like past the Clone Wars into the Galactic Empire era, they are still reliable ships regardless mm-hmm. of like quote unquote outdated when in reality they're really not outdated. Let's be honest, a new a new blue starfighter is better than a tie. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, do we need to go compare the two? Because ties don't have shields, and one Naboo Starfighters do. 
and they're f- yeah. probably not as fast as a tie, but probably better shots. Uh, yeah. I, having now actually gotten to listen to all of the other ship episodes, um, the TIE Fighter is basically... It's engine. cannon fodder. <laughs> yeah. It's an engine strapped to some paper and called some walls. Like, mm-hmm. why? I yeah. mean, I understand why. It's because they're evil and they're the Empire, but... We need Man. to be industrialized. We need to make a lot of these. I blame Tarkin. Yeah. It's all Tarkin's fault. Enough said. They were smarter and they knew what they were like really doing. The Empire would have won. But they weren't smart about how they were engineer anything. No. Besides the Death I'm, Star. That's the only thing I'm, they did right. Right. I'm surprised that the Rebel Alliance didn't try to, like, get Naboo Starfighters. Well, at that point, and I think we'll... Yeah, here we go. In 4EBY, they flew across the skies of Theed during the uprising against the Empire. Some were seen to use by Rebel Alliance and Rebel Synthesizers. So, I mean, I don't think... I believe post-Clone Wars, the N1's like Naboo starfighters are becoming less developed because Naboo was under galactic control under empire control. So there's only so much the government of Naboo could do if they're fully under control of the galactic empire. Fair. And they probably didn't want a superior ship being developed alongside TIE fighters. (laughs) True. True. Then I guess I'll flip that around. Um, I mean, the Naboo Starfighter here has proven itself time and time again. I guess it was just a matter of how quickly one could be made versus how quickly a TIE fighter could be made. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we have, like, the timestamp of how... I mean, we don't even have a timestamp of when a TIE is made. We just know they're mass-produced on a large scale to where they're constantly being rolled out. Just much like droids were basically they had factories specifically designed to create these starfighters and starships got it where nubu just starts uh starfighters were probably more specifically designed Mm. and where it needs to be a more hands-on development much less than a tie fighter would be right it all makes sense uh just yeah, thinking about the grander scale of everything, it's like, yeah, got the Empire done effed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they were smarter with stuff, I'm sure they probably would have won, but oh well. Yeah. And then uh, the Galactic Civil War era outlawed known Stormtrooper X pilot, the uh, outlaw known as Stormtrooper X pilot in N1 Christine Rogue Imperial 5. So it was a customized uh, Naboo Starfighter that this Stormtrooper X piloted. And Stormtrooper X, it's funny enough, if you look at the photo they have on Wikipedia, he has the same garments as Finn, just with a (laughs) Stormtrooper helmet on. Funny, that's actually really funny. He's a mercenary who ran a pirate gang out in the Outer Rim. With hmm. a He wears a Stormtrooper helmet with a red X painted on it. Okay. 
And then uh, by 40 ABY, the N1 was described as an antique. But that's like 40 years after the Battle of Yavin. So it's like, right, well, yeah. Well, after, like, it was towards the end of Luke's era. But which makes sense why it was, you know, antique. There was well over almost 100 years. Well, yeah. Almost yeah, 100 from, years. Yeah. From, from 33 BBY to 40 ABY. So yeah, we're talking... getting close to like 80 to 100 years. Yeah. Yeah, that would be an antique by then. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But great Starfighter. I love it. Oh, yeah. That's great. And it's classic. It's got it's got such a sleek design. It's You see it, you know exactly what it is. Yep. You don't have to sit there and guess or anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And plus, like, Planet and Battlefront 2 is always fun. So <laughs> you can't beat that. But uh, this is a good time where we can roll into the mid-break. And welcome to the mid-break of the show, where we go over all things with the podcast. It has nothing to do with the lore of Star Wars. So I just want to uh, remind everybody, you can always review, rate us on Spotify and Apple. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, uh, we will read it out loud on the show. Uh, I don't, we don't have any reviews for this week. Um, and then you can also find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find my show, both my shows, um, this show and Wizarding World. Um, and then you can also find Sykes shows. He has two shows of himself. Yep. Um, you can find the MCU Lorecast where I, I partner up with Captain Shanko to discuss the MCU and the Mass Effect Blue Shift, a uh, tabletop RPG set on Citadel. I play dashing human Jack Parizo, and we solve crimes on the Citadel. It's fun. That's awesome. And can also find um, Holocron Histories also on the Cups podcast and more Discord as well. Uh, links in the show link where you can find all of uh, Teacup's other shows, the Dragon Age and Assassin's Creed lore cast, and there his new show, The Inheritance Page by Page, uh, where they go uh, literally a reading of page by page of the Aragon books. Lots of fun. You can If you go on Robots Radio, there's literally, if you can think of a show, we probably have it, or it's in the works, one of the two. We have a bunch of shows on the network, including all of Tom's shows, such as the Lord of the Rings lore cast, Mass Effect, Witcher, a um, bunch of other ones as well. Yep. But, um, We've got everything from audio dramas to mm-hmm. other lore casts. Yeah, oh, we do have audio dramas. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, Fallout. Uh, Once Upon a Wasteland. Once Upon a Wasteland, yep. And then uh, we have Halo Tarkov. Which is also a new show that just joined the network about a month or so ago. And they are doing... It's a uh, drama. It's a Halo drama. Oh, okay. Cool. So, and they actually and they actually do voice acting and everything with it. They get different people for different characters and all. Oh, I'll have to keep an eye really out for cool. that. 
but that is all what we got for um oh and one thing um you can always support us on patreon at patreon.com slash holocron histories to where you can join the uh, patreon to where you can get ad free episodes and even have a chance to join us on the show once a month and we go over all array of topics from what you would want to be in the star wars universe to like our reactions to like the new Ondor series or obi-wan or anything like that bunch of fun but that is what we got for the mid-break let's get back to it <laughs> the wilhelm you, you can't you can't miss the wilhelm scream i know it's I so know. iconic i have to have it and it's not copyrighted. <clears throat> yeah, that's the important part. <laughs> yep. It's not a copyrighted thing. Because everyone uses it. So, now that we're back, we're going to go into the canon of the lore. So, in the history of the canon, uh, the N1 was in use since at least the days of the High Republic era. The N1 Starfighter was originally built by the Naboo and was most notably used during the Trade Federation invasion of the planet. Key thing is there is High Republic. Mm-hmm. So th- this fighter has been seen a lot longer service time than what it originally had in the Legends. Because High Republic oh, yeah. is 200 years before Episode 1. Because that's all the new books that are currently coming out with uh, that Disney's been doing is all the High Republic books. And it predates the current Galactic Republic that we know. To what? Uh, so you know, far the you know far end is two hundred BBY to to what like hundred BBY? Uh, BBY. It'll be around two fifty BBY all the way up to probably thirty BBY. Okay. Wow, that's a that is a stretch because the cool like the Galactic Republic and the stuff we see in the films really starts around in the thirties BBY. Oh, okay. Because it's around 30 years before the Battle of Yavin. Because Vader, by the time of Battle of Yavin, is like in his 40s. Right, yeah. And Luke is, you know, is 18, 18, 19. 19, yeah. So, but yeah, like, it. I mean, there's, Disney is still developing the High Republic stuff. There's new books. Come, uh, phase 2, the High Republic starts, I think, either this month or next month. I think it's this month. Jeez. Uh, yeah, two. no, it is this month. Yeah, because uh, I have to go pick up uh, the issue number one of the new comic that just dropped last Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they're in phase two, the High Republic. So it, it's really if you, if you haven't read any of the High Republic books, I highly recommend it. It's they're really good. Surprisingly dark. Oh, yeah. Um... I'm very shocked on how dark they've been in the books. Um, anything that Disney's done. But they, though, and, and Disney's been going more darker in Star Wars. Yeah, Hux a lot recently too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So during the invasion, the pirate pilots of Bravo Squadron flew the N one during the final assault uh, against the droid control ship Vuton Paula. Young Anakin Skywalker fired a pair of torpedoes into its starboard main reactor, effectively destroying it from within. They later joined the celebration on the planet below, flying overhead the Naboo capital of Feed. So, obviously that stayed the same from Legends, because, you know, you can't retcon the film. (laughs) 
I mean, you Disney could, but die. they wouldn't. <laughs> I don't put anything past Disney at this point. Yeah. I know. Mm. Let's not put that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Uh, then a decade later, N1s were used to escort uh, Senator Panme Amidala to Coruscant in order to the vote on the Military Creation Act. The Royal Starship held a decor senator, and Amidala flew in one of the starfighters. They landed without incident, but the bounty hunter Zam uh, Wallace hit the ship shortly after, destroying it and killing the senator's double. One of the three N1s was also knocked off the landing platform by the flying debris. Sad face. Those starfighters are beautiful. They should not be destroyed. Yeah. And then N1s remained in Naboo service during the Clone Wars, with several being kept to the Thede hangar during the time. During the war, Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano trained Amidala in starfighter combat, with Amidala flying an all-chrome N1. Hmm? Which we hmm. see in the Clone Wars. I'm trying to remember what episode that was because I, I didn't think she needed to be trained in starfighter combat. It might have been. It might have been the. You know what? It might have been Forces of Destiny. Okay. It could have been yeah. the sideshow they did with all the female okay. uh, with the female cast. I'll have to check that out. I didn't realize there was a a spinoff. Mm-hmm. It's okay. different animation. It's like actual like cartoon animation compared to uh we uh, talking the cg uh, we're like talking the, like, samurai jack level yeah. that mm-hmm. to be? Okay. okay it's kind of like that um they it, it did they do a little bit more in depth with all the female leads in star wars with that which is really cool uh specifically padme ahsoka and leia is who they mm. really focus on they even do ahsoka during uh rebels training ezra Oh, which was really cool. Okay. See, seen with uh, Ahsoka training him in the ways of the Force. That's cool. So, years later, following the climatic battle of Endor, N1 starfighters flew in celebration at the Galactic Empire's second Death Star was destroyed. And then, shortly after, uh, thereafter, Imperial agents receive uh, posthumous orders from Pimple... Emperor Palpatine to commence the destruction of Naboo via weather manipulation as part of Operation Cinder. Rebel leader Leia Organa, ace pilot Shara Bay, and Naboo's own Queen Sorana uh, flew three long abandoned N1 fighters in the Thede hangar into space to destroy the Imperial satellites where they were causing the extreme weather conditions. And if anybody does not know Operation Cinder. Operation Cinder is the storyline of Battlefront 2. What's the the newer Battlefront 2? So you get to deal with all the Operation Cinder stuff through that. Where you play as Iden Versio and you do go to Naboo. You do help Leia Organa try to take down the Sados trying to destroy Naboo. Okay. And then this is the best thing. Uh, the Mandalorian uh, bounty hunter Jin Jarian acquired the modified N1 Starfighter following the destruction of his previous starship, the Razorcrest. Uh, Jarin um, and the engineer Peli Mato constructed the ship at the hangar 3-5 in Moss Eisley on Tatooine. And if you have not watched that episode from Book of Boba, 
They added something very special to that ship. He presses a button and it shoots like a freaking dart. It goes <laughs> so fast that the there's two X-wings on both his sides asking questions for him and specifically about him. Uh, he hits a button, darts off, and one of the X-Wing pilots is like, did he just jump? Like, did he just go into hyperspace right off the bat like that? And the (laughs) other one's like, oh, no, he didn't even jump. That's just an accelerator. (laughs) He's like, uh, (laughs) what? Yeah. He goes so fast, it it seems like he went to hyperspace. Yeah. It goes that fast. And then he can go into hyperspace. And, and then he, like, in the new boost, and then his new boost starfighter has a hyperdrive on top of that. Yeah. To where he can, yeah, it's insane. Uh, so by the time of the Cold War, uh, an N1 starfighter was the service of uh, Janata Security Officer Lima Kai and was modified with seismic charges in place of tor- proton torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Cold Dear War? God, uh, the Cold War is the 29 ABY and 34 ABY. It is the in between. It's base. It's in the gap of um, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Oh. It's there's some there's like a few years before Force Awakens, whereas the um, First Order and New Republic are having a Cold War. Okay, with each other. But, like, seismic charges instead of photon torpedoes? Yeah. And if nobody knows what a seismic charge is, uh, Boba Fett's ship, uh, it's those mines that, like, he drops, it makes nothing, like, once it explodes, it's so silent, and you hear, boom, like, this beautiful, beautiful ringing sound that is fantastic. I I I love that sound. Mm. Um, and thirty-five ABY N one starfighters were part of the fleet assembled by Lando Calrissian to assist the resistance during the battle against the Sith internal forces over the planet of Exegol. So they were in the final battle in Rise of Skywalker. There you go. I can imagine it from a production standpoint. It's do I have to recreate a starship model? No. Fantastic. Copy, paste. Right. And then <laughs> uh, I just now seen Rob, the princess in chat. And yes, um, I was more sad about the ship dying than the double. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's the double's whole purpose. <laughs> I'm just a terrible person when it's with that. The ship is beautiful. It it does not need to be destroyed. Yeah. Um, and now we go to the character characteristics of the N1. So the Royal N1 Starfighter featured the best elements in Naboo design, being aesthetically sound and adhering to Naboo's love for curves and aerodynamic dynamic shapes. Mm. Yeah. Yep, makes sense. Uh, a chrome finish on the front of the vehicle would gleam into the sunlight during the parades and celebratory flybys. This uh, chromium was purely decorative and reserved for starships serving the royal house in Naboo. 
And then once the chronium was used to deflect rays uh, from Naboo's sun and all starships were fitted with it, the finish contracted sharply with the rest of N1, which was colored yellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Rob's, Rob's comment in chat. It's hysterical. That double had a life. Her purpose was more than just to die. <laughs> I mean, she knew what she signed up for. I'm sorry. She knew what she 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 knew what she was going to happen. <laughs> so the citizens of Naboo were dedicated to their defense of their uh, ecologically sensitive world, and the N1 was an example of this commitment. A specialized engine system, twin J-type. Nubian 221 sublight pulse engines ensured that the fuel would burn hotter in order to reduce harmful emissions. Oh. Hey, car manufacturers, this is a good hint for you. Make the cars turn hotter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's probably not a good idea. Don't do that. No. Gasoline doesn't. <laughs> That's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> an advanced cooling system, which incorporated several heat sinks along the engine uh, funnels, uh, prevented overheating. Makes sense having heat sinks. Yeah. Uh, the real uh, rear funnel w- could be connected to special outlets in the feed hangar to recharge the craft and transmit important important data, even coded mission profiles. Uh, the N1's roles include reconnaissance slash patrol missions, escort duty, system defense, and ceremonial functions. While its speed and agility, agility made it an ideal dogfighter, it was poor ground attack craft and suffered in tight spaces as the situations dropped it of its advantages. That's why you just don't f- do fight in, like, above a city. Just fight in space, then you, you're fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is a starfighter. It's made for being out in the open. It's yeah, it's it's made to yeah. be in space. Yeah, if you want something that fights in you know a city or a canyon, like you know, go get yourself something that does that. Go get a gunship. <laughs> That's all you need. Exactly. Uh, however, it could perform the tank buster job in a pinch as Naboo pilot. Rise Drallo uh, found it had to defend a reconnaissance base hidden in the old trading canyon. And then mm-hmm. in order to accompany the Queen's starship on to Coruscant or other distant planets, each N1 was equipped with a Nubian Monarch C4 hyperdrive with a range of 1,000 light years. Uh, when this was insignificant, insignificant, was insufficient, the escort fighters could refuel and transit via the j-type diplomatic barge under wing docking sockets okay that's cool yeah being able to recharge in the middle of space with the ship that you're escorting yeah i mean that's it would be necessary like Mm -hmm. especially if that ship doesn't have a hanger to like put you somewhere correct i mean it's a barge it's not going to be it's going to be slightly smaller than it's going to be smaller than a light cruiser but Mm. bigger than a standard starfighter yeah uh the pilot was protected by advanced life support systems and deflector shields aided by an astromech droid that would help the pilot with repairs and adjustments as we see in uh phantom menace anakin has r2 and all the other n1 fighters have astromechs Mm mm-hmm 
The N1 Starfighter was also equipped with an advanced autopilot that could receive navigational information from hangar outlets or from Naboo flight control. In a crisis, the autopilot could bring the craft to the site of an emergency or pilot the ship home safely. Which, <clears throat> what happened to Anakin? Mm. When he first kicks off and goes into space, it's on autopilot mode. And yep. as soon as he starts fighting, that's when it goes manual. And that's where I'm pretty sure R2 did majority of the heavy lifting <laughs> compared to Anakin, who, you know, is like, he wasn't even 10. Oh, no. And the N1 weapons were twin laser cannons and a full com completement of 10 proton uh, torpedoes. These were powerful enough to allow the N1 to engage even the superior numbers of the Vulture Droids of the Trade Federation droid control ship as was required during the Battle of Naboo. And then the last part of the episode, we always go into behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So, when R2-D2 successfully overrides the autopilot on Anakin Star Skywalker's N1 during the Battle of Naboo, it returns the control to the craft to the pilot. The rightmost console panel shows a display nearly identical to those seen in the Millennium Falcon's quad laser turrets in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. <laughs> A.K.A. they reused props. What? <laughs> Say it <ain't> so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Who's surprised Them by using this? Using reason props? Oh no. Um also the full size N one Starfighter prop uh used by Anakin Skywalker in the Star Wars episode one of the Phantom Menace is on display in the Boston Museum of Science. The museum also has another Starfighter or Star Wars exhibit but that was removed sometime in December of two thousand six. So, so there you go. If you are in Boston, you can go to a museum. Mm -hmm. And actually see the full size N one Starfighter. This just makes another reason for me to go to Boston. I haven't been to Boston yet, so it's on the list of places I want to go. There you go. Uh, and then uh, Doug uh, Chan uh, was has a knowledge that the R two unit cannot physically exist inside the frame of the Starcraft as it. Depicted in Episode one and later in Episode two, his original concept artwork did not did allow for the legs of the RE2 unit to fit inside the tube-shaped socket, but George Lucas directed him to make the socket tube diameter the same or nearly the same as the diameter of the droid's head, which allow does not allow enough room for the legs for of the droid. Mm, yeah. So if you think about the size-wise, R2 would have been higher than what he was in the Naboo Starfighter. Yeah, uh, yeah. He but basically... just for, you know, aesthetic reasons, it makes sense to yeah. have it leveled, his head leveled with the ship. Like, so. It made sense aesthetically, but there had there, there needed to be a way to incorporate the fact that his legs are literally wider than his head, as like mm -hmm. most people. It... <laughs> yep. Uh, so a compromise was reached in the Star Wars Episode One Incredible Cross Sections book that shows R two D two collapsing his legs and telescoping his head above the body until it was above the viewing threshold. Mm. So okay. He uh he tele he collapses legs when he's going in. Okay. Yeah. It's I mean he's a droid. I guess he can do that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, N1 Starfighters are an unlockable in the Star Wars Rogue Squadron video game series. Which are great. Yep. <laughs> oh god. And then uh, with the introduction of Chapter 8 in Star Wars Galaxies, the Starfighter became a playable ship available to freelance ace pilots. It was one of the several ships made playable in Chapter 8 along with the X-4 gunship and the AG-77 Vigo and the YE-4 gunship. And Star Wars oh. Galaxy is... was... wait, Star Wars... Yeah, that was the old MMO before Star Wars uh, Old Republic relaunched. Okay. That's the one where... uh, That's the one game you did not want to play as a Jedi. Because everybody (laughs) would hunt you. Oh. To get as much money as they could. Oh. Yay. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, no. And plus, the Jedi class was the hardest to unlock as well. Because once your character dies, they're dead. (laughs) <laughs> so, oh, no. so no one played as a Jedi. No, you can uh-uh. find and play Star Wars Galaxies now, but it's on janky servers and it's just a remaster-ish of yeah. the game. And it's I've I've tried playing it. I couldn't get into it because it was the controls were so wonky. It's not on an actual live service game anymore. Eh. Yeah. Just if you want to play an out Star Wars MMO, go play Old Republic. Yeah. That's it. And if you play as a Jedi Knight, you have an Astromech as your companion. It's a T4. Hmm. Wait. T7. Because T3 is in a KOTOR. T7's in Old Republic. Um, okay. He's the best boy ever. But uh, that yeah. is all what we I have for this week's episode. Do you, do you have anything else to add on this episode, Psych? Uh, not really. No, I mean, I learned a lot as I usually do when I when I co-host with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was just a lot of fun to to learn about. Honestly, one of my you know top five favorite starships in Star Wars is is the Naboo Starfighter. Um, so yeah, this was you know as usual, it's a blast. Uh. I don't have anything really truly to like add to the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, everybody, just go follow the MCU Lorecast. Uh, they are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all where you can find your podcasts. And find us on the Robots Radio Discord where you can chat with me. Um, I'm there as Ben of Tamaria, as always. Um, you can chat with me in any of the anywhere on the Robots Radio Discord. I'm literally like literally all over that all that Discord channel. Mm-hmm. So that is what we have for this week, and uh, we will see everybody next week. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at swhollowhistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi. I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. 
Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at 3 Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3 thoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell.